Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, and CPS. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, and since 2016, Monica Shimonik has been coaching moms and dads as they navigate through the treacherous waters of the family law racket. Aside from workshops, which helps with specific problems, her 12-week signature course, The Best Interest of the Parent, uses a four-quadrant model to create a robust healing from empowerment system so that you control the narrative in your life, not the state. Use coupon code SLAMTHEGAVEL to get 10% off the course, and that will be in the podcast notes. I have an awesome return guest. His name is Carnell Smith, author of Trapped by Law. He won his own paternity fraud case after appealing to the U.S. Supreme Court by changing law in his state. He was on my podcast earlier, April 29th of 2021, season two, episode 42, and Carnell Smith, paternity coach, how are you doing this morning? (laughs) Hi, Marianne. I am doing well. Thanks again for the opportunity to be on Slam the Gavel. No, we're going to slam it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let the slamming begin. (laughs) Yes, yes. You know, an incident came up that I had contacted you about, which involved a basketball player, Mm -hmm. um, PJ Washington, Mm -hmm. and apparently he's forced to pay an exorbitant amount of child support over the next 18 years. Now, um, apparently it's his girlfriend. She Mm -hmm. secretly filed for divorce two weeks after giving birth to their child. This extremely upset me, and Mm -hmm. I contacted you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know what do you think of all of this well first um at first it proves that there's a lot of diversity in the media um, upon doing some research on the story about pj and Brittany renner you know the instagram model um i came across a couple of disheartening things number one was pj himself says they're not married and that they've never mm-hmm. been married, and that this is his ex-girlfriend. And the PJ himself says there's no court order yet for two hundred thousand a month. Now you and I both know there's a difference between uh, asking and demanding for and mm-hmm. getting that same mm-hmm. amount of money. But uh, PJ, I'm sorry, uh, Marianne, that that there's a link that I put in the chat that that shows you something a very disturbing statement. I would like you to click in the chat. And look at that link. All right. Because okay. while I'm while I'm talking, it is very important that that men and boys and parents of, of peak performance athletes become aware of what I call Ooh. a high-level predator situation. Oh yes. It says Brittany Renner scams athletes for easy pay because they don't wear condoms. NBA Twitter wildly speculates that PJ Washington could be paying 2.4 million annually in child support. Yes. Oh, oh, I need to take my anti-anxiety medication right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And what's disturbing about it is that Brittany tried to delete the tweet. (laughs) So, so apparently she did say it on her own Twitter account that athletes are easy because they don't wear condoms. Now think about that. Let's put two and two together. Why was that? Why would that be relevant? They are easy marks Mm -hmm. to get paid Mm -hmm. for child support because a child in that scenario 
allegedly, can become a financial bonus for 18 plus years based on emotional manipulation and legal manipulation of the guy on the receiving end who thinks or believes he's the father. And by the way, he's not always the father. Mm-hmm. So some tips for parents of sons. Just because someone says they're pregnant does not mean it's your baby. Mm-hmm. Just because someone says they um, they have a contraception that is uh, invisible that you don't have to see, like a patch or an injection, and all of these things, you are playing high stakes financial gambling by putting your finances and your future and your emotional, social impact in the hands of another party by not applying your own contraceptions at all times. See, mm-hmm. my recommendation to uh, many of the men and teens I've been able to, to coach a mentor over 20 plus years is under no circumstances do you become a parent before you are married and then only after you've been married for some years to your wife, getting to know your wife before you have kids. Right. Yeah, I agree with that too. And look, and, I, and, and I'm speaking as a guy who's married 30, uh, 30 plus years. I'm not saying I have holy ground. Uh, I did have a son uh, back when I was single. I was engaged. Uh, I was going to marry his mother up until she started dating other guys while she lived in my house. And that was a deal breaker for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at that point, I drove her to the other guy's house and dropped her off and said he could have her. <laughs> right. And then my troubles began with child support court. Mm. Because a lot of men and boys um, mistakenly believe that how much they pay equates to how much they love their kids. Think about that. Mm. I, and my position was that since the woman no longer lived in my house, I wasn't responsible for paying for her rent, utilities, hair, nails, uh, shopping, mm-hmm. clothes, and all of that because she no longer wanted, she didn't want to live under my house. She didn't want to live to become a wife. Um, my, my duties and responsibility were limited to my son. Mm-hmm. Now, the court and her attorney vehemently disagreed with that. Now, how does this segue into PJ? If PJ's ex girlfriend, Brittany, Brittany Renner is going to ask for $200,000 a month. Let's ask ourselves, how much Gerber's can that baby eat mm-hmm. every month to consume mm-hmm. $200,000? You can get an all pair, you can get a nanny, a full-time nanny for less than $200,000 a month to help you with taking care of the child, right? right. So what would all of that extra money be for, be, you know, provide for? I say that is a, an untaxable bonus to the mother in these extreme high income situations. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, we had discussed earlier that what if he becomes injured and a lot of these basketball players don't even play for 18 years. Well, let's, let's expand on that. It's not just basketball players that don't end up playing their, their chosen profession for the entirety of a child support order. Basketball players, football players, you know, f- contact sports, mixed martial arts. Uh, heck, you can get hit with a baseball. 
get knocked into next week and not be able to play because you couldn't recover from the concussion. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, a lot of the guys do not get sound legal counsel in the first round and they end up making an emotional decision over their child support based on their current financial means, which is a short-term view. Mm -hmm. And I always advise my clients to never under any circumstances, use your emotions to make a long-term decision. Because if you agree to paying this amount now, while you're making $10 million a year, plus another 15 million for signing bonus, counting endorsements and other things. What happens when you get injured with a, de with, you know, a, a debilitating injury such that you can't come back to the sport mm -hmm. and the team is only going to keep you on injured reserve for so long. Hopefully you were, you advised to have insurance that would cover you so that you could recover some level of income while you were injured. And if it was a, um, career ending injury mm -hmm. that you would have the means to continue to get paid from your policy and, and the league themselves carry some level of insurance. But I promise you, it won't replace that high earning income at a hundred percent. And if you're agreeing to pay child support at $200,000 a month or more based on your belief that you'll always make 20 million a year for the next 18 years, that is ludicrous. Mm -hmm. But the judges don't see it that way. They just see the money rolling in. Well, let's say that high income individuals get treated a little differently. And many of them, when they are receive good, wise counsel, will bring in an attorney to advise them so that they could aggressively represent their interests and, and, and understand the short term and the long term impact. Mm -hmm. But in, in, the, in this kind of scenario here with, with the like if he was my son, the first thing we would do, we would go get ourselves a family law attorney. Number one, we would devise a short-term and long-term strategy. We would absolutely say no to paying 200,000 a month. We would agree to set up a trust fund for the child after we got DNA testing and DNA testing confirmed that PJ is the biological father of the child. No monies would be paid till we got those results in hand and the test would require that PJ, the baby and the mother be sampled with a legal DNA test. Now, if she passes <clears throat> step one mm -hmm. and he is the biological father, and by the way, do not use the lookalike test. Mm -hmm. Marianne, a whole lot of guys and teen boys fall prey to, well, because the baby looks like me. Mm -hmm. But if the mother dates guys that look like you, guess who else is going to look like you? The baby. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The lookalike test is one of the most unreliable methods on the planet to determine who's the father of the kid. Step three, devise that strategy on where the funds are going to go in the best interest of the child so that there will be funds available for the child based on costs, expenses, and future needs for the child. That does not include a hidden component of alimony or palimony. Mm -hmm. Now, if she was married to the wife and they get a divorce as they were actually married, then the alimony is a separate discussion apart from the child support. Mm -hmm. 
and if they were married, I don't think they were married long enough for her to get alimony. <laughs> well, according to her, uh, I say social media, she's not entirely broke as a social media influencer, Instagram model, and something else she does. I don't know all the methods by how and which she got her income, but it's some of the stories like TMZ and others are reporting that she actually stalked PJ while he was in high school, tracked him down, started dating. And by the way, she's like seven, eight years older than him. So if he was 18, mm. she was 26. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, a lot of guys at that age would think he was extremely lucky, mm -hmm. but without wise counsel from an involved father or father figure or legal team, such a guy could become prey mm -hmm. to a predator who says, right. who says stuff like athletes are for easy pay because they don't wear condoms. Mm -hmm. Man, that when I when I read that statement, I got mad and PJ's not even my son. Well, I got mad too. Like I told you, it's and I think we and also what she thinks athletes are stupid too. Something to yeah. that effect. Yeah. And 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 he should be insulted and he should feel taken advantage of, in my yeah. humble opinion. And this is the time to put things in place that if he turns out to be the biological father, that he'd do everything in his power to, to document himself as a full, uh, a full legally recognized parent, joint legal, joint physical custody. Now, mm -hmm. while things are at least somewhat amicable now, because it shows some, there are some photos he put up recently that he has now finally been able to see his son. So he puts a picture up of himself with the baby. Mm -hmm. or I'm gonna, let me take that back. Alleged son. Because mm -hmm. until DNA test results are in his hand, my position would be, as the paternity coach, this is your alleged son. Right. Right, because it's not written in stone. No, as you know, me being the author of Trap by Law, um, one of the main ways that men and boys get induced into the child support system is by a couple of things. One, signing their name, agreeing to paternity without proof. Mm -hmm. And apparently PJ has signed documentation admitting to be the father before he has received independently verifiable proof that he is the father of his child. That would be a legal DNA test. Mm -hmm. This is just so wrong. I just, I'm so upset over it. Like you said, this is not even my kid. Yeah. And I'm just, I was just so upset over this. But Marianne, and, uh, this happens every day because if you're a wealthy parent, think about this, even in, in uh, middle class, whether you're in the upper, lower, middle of the mid-class range, there are girls who are so, I'm going to use a term that might shake some people, who are so sexually aggressive mm -hmm. that they chase boys <laughs> and they have a tally and account score on how many boys they bagged. Mm -hmm. And if you're high income, your son's deemed a, a top viable candidate because it's not so much about getting a wedding as much as, wait a minute, I get a, I get a baby by him mm -hmm. 
or get him to think I have a baby by him, then I can have the best of both worlds. That's what some of these ladies or women think. Mm -hmm. And that would be have a boyfriend who she wants and loves in the picture and have the guy who's the father of the child, who, who thinks he's the father of the child, have him paying financially for the child. And that way you get your lifestyle financed on a, on a lie. This is manipulation for money in many cases, not all, but in many cases. And by the way, Marianne, I am not, I am not a misogynist. Right. Oh, I know. <laughs> I am married to a wife. I have a daughter. I have six. Well, I had six sisters, um, three stepmoms. <laughs> And a whole bunch of relatives, I don't hate women. Mm -hmm. Here's what I do hate. I hate lying and manipulation to use and abuse other people. I agree. Uh, myself, I agree with you. And the thing is, we want men and boys to participate in the solution. There's practically no services available for these you know, men, boys, you know, even young teens who are going to be affected by this. Indeed, indeed. So as you, what you've just done is you segued into why I've worked, I'm working now with a uh, academic professor, Dr. Sharon Squires, who is, who is the author of the National Paternity Fraud Survey that we've just launched out on social media. It's going to be available online. And what we want to do is we want to hear from men and boys who have been affected by paternity fraud to share their stories about the social, emotional, financial, spiritual impact. Because I can tell you this, um, for a lot of these males who are affected by paternity fraud, they become somewhat socially isolated mm -hmm. because you can be divorced when you don't even want to divorce. Mm -hmm. Thanks to no-fault divorce, those, those, those men who are in those states of no-fault divorce, imagine that you find out that your wife's children, none of them are yours. Several of them have different fathers. And in the eyes of the court, because you live in a state that says any children she has while she's married to you are automatically yours, and you're going to pay her for those children, and you're going to most likely pay for the marital home and pay for alimony and pay her attorney's fees. And a lot of these guys end up becoming financially destitute, broke, and some have gone so far as including one of my clients committing suicide mm. over the, the extreme isolation, depression. And we believe these men need to tell their story so that we can help bring about more attention at the legislative level, at the social services level, because there's practically no help if, if you're a guy or a parent of a son who's affected in this situation, if you don't have the financial means to directly assist them, there's practically no help for them. So many of them fall into uh, drugs, alcohol. Mm -hmm. They try to use that as a coping mechanism to deal with the depression, their anger, their frustration. And they think that if they go to court and they just explain, but your honor, I'm a victim here. I have been deceived, manipulated, and now, Your Honor, they're going to use your gavel in mm -hmm. the bully pulpit to beat me into submission, turn me over, strip me of my wallet, 
my checkbook, my current assets and future income, and then tell me I'm supposed to like it. <laughs> That's yeah. a hard one. That's a hard one to take, Marianne. You know, and also some of these judges also may even have a personal vendetta on some of these people. Well, I've well. heard that. I've heard that. I've heard that. In fact, let me tell you what I've heard some judges say. Mm -hmm. Here's what I've actually heard some judges say to guys in court who did not agree to remain a paternity fraud victim, paying for the privilege of being deceived. Mm -hmm. If you feed them long enough, they'll look like you. <gasps> well, it's your fault that you didn't find out sooner. Well, mm -hmm. If it's, if it's a choice of either the state pays for them or you pay for them, I'm going to make sure you pay for them. Hmm. And as the paternity coach, and as a legislative advocate and consultant, I asked this question. Why not ask the one person who knew there were multiple paternity candidates? Why not just simply go to her and say, okay, who else is on your list? Because if the husband or the boyfriend, fiance, didn't cause her pregnancy, then he's been framed for a pregnancy that he did not commit. And Marianne, we can prove he didn't commit it because that DNA test says 0.0% paternity. That's a pregnancy that he did not commit and he shouldn't be financially responsible for it. The mm -hmm. only time I think a man should be responsible for a child that's not his biological child is when he legally adopts a child. Because you know right up front, child's not your biological child. You make a fully informed decision up front. But my opponents and detractors, they don't want to allow men and boys to have a choice in the decision after they know the truth. Now that I am vehemently opposed to. Mm -hmm. And the, it seems like uh, the typical response to these boys and men is, pay or go to jail. And these judges somehow take pleasure in this because making you pay is better than taking the taxpayer money, even though they kind of are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, I can tell you this much. Um, having done some research and understanding of why, why is this, you know, why does this occur? And why does it seem to occur with such a cold callousness uh, from the bench? Mm -hmm. uh, not many judges will make a decision to change what has been case law. There's an established precedent of making men and boys pay if he didn't learn that he was not the father after signing a voluntary paternity acknowledgement after 60 days. On the 61st day, the child's mother could get in his face and tell him, hey, this is my boyfriend's baby. You're going to pay me for the next 18 years and you better have my money. Now that would might that would make some people angry, Marianne. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These guys think that if I go to court, if I just get me a lawyer and go to court, that I'm going to win. They don't have a clue mm -hmm. about how the child support enforcement system is funded and financed by taxpayer dollars. Specifically, looking at at Title Four D Section Four Fifty Eight that provides incentive payments to the states. And a couple of areas in that, in that section there provides incentives to the states based on how much child support money they collect and improve their collections year over year. So let me translate that. Depending on how good they are at taking money, 
-hmm. at the maximum payment that they can get it set to, then it is profitable to the state to participate in a bonus pool that exceeds some $500 million. And states who perform well get a nice slice of that money. And the reason I first discovered this, Marianne, is that after we got in paternity fraud legislation passed in California through the Paternity Justice Act of 2000, someone told the governor, Governor Gray Davis at that time, someone within that, that office administration, child support office, someone told him that if he signed our legislation that had passed the Senate, that had passed the assembly, and all we needed was his autograph. They told him that if you sign this legislation, we will lose more than $40 million mm -hmm. of federal money. So he vetoed the bill. That right there, that immediately told me mm -hmm. that there are those within the executive branch of, of, of legislation, executive branch, uh, judicial branch, that they are more focused on collecting the money than collecting based on the truth about who really caused pregnancies. And another factor is based on the number of paternities that they get established. And I read that section of the law and nowhere in that section of the law, Marianne, does it say based on accurate paternity establishment. There's a difference between getting the number by any means necessary and establishing who actually caused the pregnancies to make sure that you got them and the biological mother and the biological father, the people who had the fund creating the baby, getting them to be responsible for the upkeep and long-term care of the child. Mm -hmm. Sad to say, when you have financial incentives that work against getting the truth, there are those in the judicial branch and those in the executive branch in many states that say our primary focus is we're going to get this money. Mm -hmm. Greed. It's all greed. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say this now, um, due to the massive uh, publicity that, that I and many others uh, working together over the past 20 years have increased the public awareness of the term paternity fraud. Mm -hmm. So much so that a lot more people are saying, wait a minute, this is wrong. And my largest group of support has always come from women who are related to the men and boys who are affected. They don't want to see their husbands, sons, boyfriends, fiancés, grandsons, nephews, and other family members go to jail or prison for not paying child support for somebody else's baby. I contend that we should always ask the person who has all of the information. And that person is the child's mother. She always knows whether or not he is the father or he is one of the paternity candidates. That, that second part, Marianne, is where I'm hated for suggesting that we do DNA testing at birth so that we don't have to ask anybody. Mm -hmm. Now, that national survey on paternity fraud is so vital and so key is that no one else, and especially opposition, is never going to go ask for men to share their side of the story. They want to dictate and tell men and boys, this is what it's going to be. You're going to mm -hmm. pay or you're going to go to jail. You better shut up. If you don't have our money, 
Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll introduce you to a jail sentence of 180 days behind bars. And when you pay the money, we'll let you out. There are a list of over 12 punishments that are available. Seizure of license, seizure of banking, savings, checking, uh, stripped of your passport. If you get behind more than $2,501, you can't even get out of the country. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And if you get out, you can't get back in. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all a method of extortion. And these domestic relations units, there should be some type of accountability, which, of course, is never going to happen. I, I just don't think it's ever going to happen. Well, <laughs> I, I'm going to beg to disagree. Because oh, the, <laughs> over the 20 plus years where we were effective in helping groups of citizens get the laws changed in about 11 states. Um, We got a lot more than that to introduce the legislation, Uh, just didn't get all of the people in the other groups to follow all of the steps that we recommended. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if the process requires, say, 10 steps on what you need to do to be successful in getting legislation done, doing three of them and then trying to complain and say that it, that our process doesn't work is disingenuous Mm -hmm. to say the Mm -hmm. least. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Accountability is greatly affected by public awareness. When the public gets a lot more information about how their tax dollars are being used to abuse the citizenship of their state, specifically their men and their boys, when they get to see how the child support enforcement system works and how men and boys are manipulated and how paternity fraud is stamped and endorsed as a means of continuing to generate revenue. Mm-hmm. I ask, I've often asked this question, why is the child support enforcement office often under the department of revenue in each state? Mm-hmm. We are making money off of the taxpayers to keep a organization in business whose sole and primary focus is protecting itself. Now, you could use the emotional appeal and say, but it's for the children. But they will not stand up before a legislative body and voice their support for equal shared parenting. A presumption of equal shared parenting is great for kids, uh, where at least both parents would start out at at equal points. And if the court could see uh, relative factors that why one parent should be more than the other and one should be less, then document that and then make that the order. But typically in unmarried men and boys situation, like PJ, um, Mm -hmm. unless PJ gets some legal recognition as a father, he has zero legal rights to see his alleged son. Mm -hmm. So it's it's incumbent upon him to take the steps right now to protect himself as a legally protected parent as soon as possible, right after you get those test results that confirm that is his son. I hope he contacts you. Well, I, I, my organization would be willing to consult with him and uh, would certainly, certainly make some uh, solid recommendations and provide him with some strategies that, that could benefit him in the long term. And uh, I would ask him to also to help speak out on the plight of unmarried fathers. Because I'm going to tell you something, Marianne, the majority of the fathers I've come across over the past 30 years are not fighting about the amount of child support they pay. They are fighting about the amount of parenting time they don't get with the children 
And one of the formulas that has seemed to be applied universally across most of the states is how little time you have with the child impacts the maximum amount of child support. So the mm -hmm. incentive in the formula is such that you minimize the amount of time the non-custodial parent gets with the child, then therefore you can maximize the formula of how much you can make the, the uh, non-custodial parent pay to the custodial parent. And that amount then becomes advantageous to the bonus pool uh, collection amount that the state needs to make to improve its year over year performance in child support collections. So if they have an incentive to get the maximum dollars out of the payor, there's no incentive for them to help the payor get to see the child any more than the minimum or none. Mm -hmm. Doesn't sound like it's working too well for the kids, in my opinion. <laughs> no, no. Well, they're the, they're the ones that suffer the, the most on top of the non-custodial parent. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I'm going to say that there's almost very little empathy extended on uh, for the plight of the non-custodial parent because a lot of them will actually take a, a consent decree and they will agree to pay based on the emotional appeal and their current financial situation, mm -hmm. they'll agree to pay an amount that may lock them into their current job, that may lock them into their current state. I, I achieved great difficulty in trying to see my own child after his mother moved away uh, out of state. Mm -hmm. Now, if I moved out of state, and couldn't secure a job making the same or more money and had a same or better tax situation than I had, then if I move to another state and I end up making less money, they will not decrease the child support order because they say that change in circumstances is caused by me. Even if my, my goal was I can see my child more if I am within a short, radius of where my child lives mm -hmm. right but there's nothing in many cases if if you don't have protected uh protected your rights as the uh, biological parent of the child mm -hmm. i didn't know back then that as an unmarried dad who hadn't had married the mother engaged doesn't count okay mm -hmm. fiance status doesn't count must mm -hmm. be married to automatically have some form of legal recognition but as an unmarried father, I found out I had zero rights except the right to pay with no say, no accountability. The mother would literally spend all of the child support, give her the money for the month on the first. She spent it all by the fifth and mm -hmm. call me on the sixth and say, your child needs some food. Yeah, that is disgusting. Yeah, and PJ is going to be set up for the same kind of thing if he doesn't take steps now. So my advice to parents who have teen sons, who have peak performance athletes, your son's on his way to MIT, Harvard, Yale, uh, some Ivy League school has great potential, has a plan, might, might already have a business right now. Mm -hmm. And you see your son going places. It is vitally important that your son understand the importance of not becoming a parent before it's prime time prime time is after you've been married 
for some years. You've spent some time and years with your spouse and you mutually agreed now is the time that we want to generate legacy by having our generation of children that we're going to pass on to our, our financial means and help them be an impact in society and the world at large. But to be manipulated based on someone hunting you down based on their belief about your financial status, you got to protect yourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wonder who is raising these girls to think like this. We already know. Many of them have been trained by the moms and their grandmoms on how to manipulate men and boys emotionally mm-hmm. and sexually for money. And guys, when they are unaware, I've learned this from this a phrase I picked up from some of my military friends. To avoid a trap, you must be aware the trap exists. There's a reason they spend time doing reconnaissance before they go out and and send the rest of the troops to go do something. Reconnaissance is research, is is getting the scope of the land to find out what the facts are, what the truth is, consistent with the plan that you want to execute, and then make an informed decision based on all relevant information that you have at your disposal before you make a move. Imagine if we taught sons how to do this, mm-hmm. because many, many of these uh, college campuses are cesspools where these boys are going to be set up with uh, that mindset of people who buy into the Me Too movement. They, mm-hmm. are, they are ready, willing, and able to make false accusations of rape, false accusations of sexual abuse. And let me say this as a, as a, as a man. If there are guys who are committing these these sexual acts, they should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of law and getting the maximum time. Mm -hmm. The key word here is prosecuted, proven Mm -hmm. in a court of law, convicted, sentenced, et cetera. But in these college campuses, your son who makes the mistake of going out with a girl who was drinking and he was drinking and they have relationships, she can change her mind the next day and say, well, I didn't like how he told me to kick rocks and go away the next day. So I'm going to get him. Mm-hmm. That could destroy your son's life. <laughs> get him kicked out of school, get him labeled and branded. But amazingly, they will not prosecute him and, and file the charge with the police department because the police department is going to require standard of evidence and is going to uh, examine witnesses and going to question witnesses and get you to swear under oath what you assert and claim the facts are. I know of a story of where four young men, I believe it was at Howard University, got arrested and charged for a gang rape. And the only thing that saved them from going to prison was one of the boys recorded the entire event with his cell phone camera, (laughs) uh, AKA his wireless mobile security device. (laughs) The girls, a couple of days later, the girl went out and swore to the police that she had been attacked and, and et cetera, et cetera, swore under oath, named all four of the boys. 
And it turns out she was concerned about what her boyfriend would think about her after the news got around campus. And when the police saw the video, they saw that she was giving instructions. She was directing the boys, telling them what to do. She was the leader of the event that happened. And she didn't tell that part when she pressed charges against the guys. Upon seeing that video, the detectives immediately released the young man and arrested her for filing a false police report. And when that news came out, that young woman got kicked out of the university. And mm -hmm. if it were up to me, she should have went to jail because mm -hmm. she could have put four guys in prison. Now, the four guys put themselves at risk to have relationships with that girl at that party like that. What if we taught the boys how to be more discriminating and discerning? What's offered to you may have a price tag that is too high. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of solid advice that that men and boys need to hear about from, from stable, mature minded men who can help them focus on their future. Cause obviously mm -hmm. look, they were at the university to improve their social, economic, academic life to the point to where they were going to have a better future compared mm -hmm. to just being a high school graduate, the social components of going out dating and et cetera, those were secondary. We got to teach our, our, our sons how to stay on mission on what's the primary thing to stay focused on and that there are some kinds of people you don't date. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yes. Well, you know, it's like that song Gold Digger that Kanye West did. Yes. About yes. the football player driving uh -huh. home in a Hyundai. <laughs> don't that sound and, like I mean, PJ? Mm, I mean, like... <laughs> You know, it, it's kind of strange because when I got married to Brad, you know, mm -hmm. my second marriage, I, mm -hmm. I had them play that at our, our wedding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 it did have a catchy beat, though, too. It did. You can, you can oh, yeah. Some, Everyone loved that song. Serious, you can do some serious moves with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, I mean, my husband makes way more money than I do, which is fine. Uh -huh. But, you know, mm -hmm. I wasn't out to take him for a ride. And, but you know, fair, I, I... But you're fair-minded. That's... You you are different. You cut from a different cloth, Marianne. And yeah. the court the court ramrode ram roded you. <laughs> yes, almost oh, definitely. It was it was a setup. <laughs> I really do. I you know I believe that too. Having looked at uh, the information you shared about your story, um, and and sad to say, there are a lot more non custodial moms who are understanding what men have been complaining about for decades. When more women get to experience the belly of the beast, mm -hmm. the court support money-making machine or the ATM, mm -hmm. auto cash money machine, mm -hmm. when they experience that, then the, some people have said, okay, now I see. Now I see that it is not mothers and daughters most of the time coming back to the house to live on the couch. There's a lot of sons and men coming back to live on the couch of their parents' home because they have been stripped of all of their assets. And some of them un, unthinkingly uh, made agreements to pay an amount based on their current situation as if that was sustainable 
mm-hmm. to for a full 18 to 20 plus years. And then some of them gone so far as to agree to pay for a college oh. with no stipulations on what college, what financial range, any of that. I mean, think about it. Who in their right mind would make mm-hmm. a commitment to an unknown financial liability? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like you said, they're doing it on an emotional basis. They're, they're in, caught in that moment yep. and emotionally. Yeah. They're being manipulated because right. at that point, they're equating how much I love my kids with how much money I pay. Mm-hmm. Big mistake. And Never and being- do it. Right. And they're being gaslighted and they don't even know this is happening. Absolutely. Look, have you ever, you ever, you ever had good advice from somebody who you know, like, and trust who tell you don't, when you're out car shopping, do not express emotion over a particular car in front of the sales guy. Mm -hmm. Because if you give the impression that you got to have this car, Mm -hmm. no other car, this car, you will invariably pay more. Mm for that car than you would have if you were willing to walk away from the deal. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, the whole, the art of negotiation, the art of the deal, uh, a mindset, a mindset of understanding there's a place for my emotions, but I need to apply logic, rhyme and reason so that I, I can be uh, fully aware of the short term and the long term impacts of this decision that I am about to make. Mm-hmm. You know, this national survey for paternity fraud victims, mm-hmm. where do people send in their stories? Well, to, to reach the, um, to reach the survey, I'm going to recommend to them that they go to the paternity the paternity click on the link to my Facebook page. The post that contains the link for the survey is on my paternity coach page on Facebook. It's going to give you more information about the the background, what we're looking to gain, why we see it is vitally important to help men and boys tell their stories. No one else from what we found has been willing to go to the masses and talk to men and boys about something that affects them so drastic that they could go to jail and prison, even if they can prove they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So the paternitycoach.com. Once you click on that link, you'll see a link to my Facebook page for the paternity coach. I just wish you would talk to PJ Washington and sit him down mm. and find out what's really going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And stop the insanity before it starts. Wow. If I had the opportunity to talk Mm -hmm. to PJ and other young men, it would be that, first of all, do not allow exterior beauty to subjugate you to become a financial slave for decades and spend some more quality time getting to know a person before becoming bonded with them with a child. Now, if you've already taken that step, step one after that would be to confirm that the children you are accused of creating, that they are your children. 
Next, make a decision. Do you want to be an involved parent in the life of your child? Or do you want to be a person who can only see the child when the, when the custodial parent is in a good mood, uh, likes you, is not mad with you? But I'm going to tell you what happens typically is that you tend to move on and date other people. She tends to move on and date other people. And if she is a nine as an Instagram model and you start dating a 10, you expect some difficulty just because you upgraded on the class of woman, you're going to have a whole lot of problems that you didn't have. Mm -hmm. And the ideal time to protect your rights and secure your rights as a protected legal father is right while you have access to the child. Then you want to make sure you get yourself documented as having joint legal, joint physical custody. However, if you determine that you are the better parent and you're emotionally stable to help ensure that the child will have consistent access to both sides of their family, this is the time for you to pursue full custody of the child. Mm -hmm. Keys are you must be mature as well to ensure that the child has frequent, consistent access to both sides of their family. So you can't be mad if she got, she upgrades and she starts a relationship and gets married to a $200 million a year guy mm-hmm. who has a, a Maybach and a Rolls Royce and a fleet. Mm-hmm. You, you got to be emotionally stable that, okay, well, she wasn't from me. Fine. Let her go on, let her do her thing. Let her be happy. However, your ability to see your child should not be based on the emotional whims or put your finger in the wind and see which way the wind is blowing. Am I mad with him today? Oh yeah. I'm mad with him today. He is not going to see the child. Mm-hmm. Child can't talk to him. Child can't write him. Child can't email him. Listen, what you do in the first round drastically impacts your ability long-term because mm-hmm. after that first court hearing and the first order is established, there must be some major, what they refer to as material change in circumstances for you to modify that order, Mm -hmm. which is why it's vitally important that you do not agree to pay an amount of child support based on your thinking that if I pay this amount that they are asking for, that means I love my child. Mm -hmm. You are being manipulated emotionally for money. Mm -hmm. You get sound legal advice. Get advice, bring in your accountant, your CPAs, and get an understanding of where you are financially right now may not always be the same if you're in a uh, situation as an athlete that had involved in a contact sport. Mm -hmm. Your career could be over next season. Mm -hmm. And if you've agreed to pay an astronomical amount of support based on what you were earning when you were able to, to provide a service for the team, that they contracted for you to provide, understand when you can no longer provide that service, they have to move on to get somebody to fill that spot. And they are not going to pay you what you got paid when you were earning what you were earning providing the service. Mm -hmm. So having good sound advice and good sound counsel in the beginning so that what you agree to is something that you can sustain and support during the term of the obligation. How long is the obligation? Up to age 18 or majority, depending on what state it is. And that could be 19 in some states, or it could be until the child graduates from high school. And mm-hmm. if that child is uh, 
is or becomes um, physically, emotionally handicapped or where they are no longer able to provide and care for themselves, you will be financially liable for that child for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And on that basis, it is critically important that you know in the beginning, am I related to you, child? Mm -hmm. Child, are you related to me? Yes, no. Not I think, not I feel. Don't allow the other party to say, but I believe in my heart. Mm. Oh, you know, I love, you know, Anna. but here's the thing. Once those guys have been manipulated that way, then the person tries to sell them on accepting the lookalike standard of why this child is yours. He's got your eyes. He's got your nose. But the other three guys that they've been intimately involved with look like you because all of you guys are her type. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, women have a type of guy that they prefer. Men have a type of woman they prefer. So on the basis of lookalike, that is an extremely low standard. The mm-hmm. next thing is after you've gotten that sound advice, how to structure your financial commitment and protect your legal rights and access, then you want to make sure you determine what the time is quantified of your having some uh, parenting time. Mm-hmm. Get what you want in the beginning and then do everything in your power to honor that agreement. Now, I understand there are circumstances that that are that can occur beyond your control. But if you don't intentionally keep your parenting plan, that can be used against you later to modify the agreement, saying, your honor, only reason he asked for this was so that he could minimize his child support. So it's important if you want to be an involved parent that you take all of the steps. I would also encourage a person to uh, to get parenting classes so that you can learn early on how to communicate with your child and never involve your child in the disputes between you and the other parent. Mm-hmm. Never use the child as a messenger. Mm-hmm. Never use the child as a means to uh, exact revenge or emotional payback against the other parent. Puts mm-hmm. the child in an extremely unfair situation. Don't make the child your emotional mule. Mm-hmm. That's just some of what I'd share. Oh, most definitely. Um, because some parents, what they'll do is they'll give the check to the child. Like, let's say they're keeping it out of court. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is before you really, things wind up and you end up in court. But they're giving the check to the, to the child. And it's not in an envelope. They're just mm-hmm. saying, give this to Ma or give mm-hmm. this to Dad. Mm-hmm. And the kid is opening up and saying, oh, my gosh, look at all this, this money. You know, mom yeah. or dad has taken this money mm-hmm. from my parent. So that starts aligning that child with that yeah. parent who's paying. Yep. Yep. And it also can also, um, at an appointed time at a later date, it can also be grounds to show a child when they've been told for years after being alienated from the paying parent Mm -hmm. that your dad doesn't love you. Mm -hmm. Your mom doesn't love you. She doesn't pay anything. I pay all the bills. Mm -hmm. I do everything. Child often has no clue that financial support that they're getting from the other parent is paying sometimes all of or a major share of the bills, paying for private school, extracurricular activities, all depends on the economic situation for those given parents involved. Now, for extremely high-income individuals like PJ, professional athletes, entertainers, um, 
business owners, C-level executives, et cetera, those people tend to pay more, but not always because the court ordered it, but it's because they agreed to it in the first round. Mm -hmm. And they make that decision emotionally and then they get stuck with it. <laughs> oh, this is terrible. This is just so, I, I, I must be naive. I mean, mm -hmm. I was raised a different way than, you know, some of these women. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would never dream of doing this. And I, I don't know how these people sleep at night. Uh, I don't even know how these judges sleep at night. Well, there is some good news on the judicial front that I would say to you, Marianne. Oh, well, um, okay. give me some good you, news. <laughs> this, is, this is good news because the earlier generations of, of judges, primarily male judges, had a chivalrous mindset, and many of them just granted maximum support to mothers under the belief that children should always go with the mothers using the tender years doctrine, the belief mm -hmm. that children mm -hmm. under five really wouldn't survive well unless they were with their mothers, mm -hmm. horse feathers and bull feathers. Okay. <laughs> but here's what has happened over the years. The, 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 the declining growth, uh, declining rates of marriage, the increased number of divorces, the increased number of single parent families, children who've been alienated from one parent, either alienated from a mom or a dad, have grown up and found out the reason I was kept away from my other parent was based on the way the family court worked and the other parent. And some of them have gone to law school and they have become judges. And that younger generation of judges is a lot more aware of the impact to the children because they were that kid. Mm -hmm. And I found a lot more support from the younger judges uh, in, in terms of being supporting legislation and supporting equal shared parenting, a presumption mm -hmm. of equal shared parenting more so than 10 years ago, than mm -hmm. 20 years ago, than 30 years ago. Yeah, I'm that old. Okay. <laughs> I think we're the same age. Don't go there. <laughs> we're not old. I don't know. I might have you beat. <laughs> I'm a grandfather. Well, thank God I'm not a grandfather. <laughs> like I said, there is some good news on, in terms of the changing dynamics. Um, but I think that people who get involved in the process should also mind. Uh, family court judges are often elected. Mm -hmm. And too often, the public doesn't get involved in their local, county, and state um, voting and pay attention to what kind of impact that has on them and, and their, their region at large. Mm -hmm. If a lot more people paid attention, and some, I've actually gotten some people to be aware of what happens by getting them to go out and do court watch. Mm -hmm. And court watch is you getting... Uh, I would actually invite members of the clergy and, and retirees to go to sit in family court quietly, take mm -hmm. notes on what they observe, and then we would have a meetup afterwards on what their observations. It is one thing to fish for a person. It's another thing to teach a person how to fish. So mm -hmm. when you get people to go see what you already know is happening, and they get to see from firsthand experience what is happening, Marianne, 
you increase their awareness from firsthand perspective. And then they say, well, wait a minute. Now I understand why my son says this or why my daughter, who is a non-custodial parent, says this. I saw it happen myself in over 20 cases in the week that we did court watch. Mm -hmm. And then start voting accordingly and then go attend these town hall meetings and where there people are out stumping trying to get your vote. Mm-hmm. And they want to be voted in to be the family court judge or, or legislative official. I say, ask your questions about them, about what they do. And, and why is it not important to help children have frequent, consistent contact with both sides of their family as a starting point mm-hmm. instead of after 10 or 15 years, they haven't been in any contact with one side of their family. Right, right. A lot of times, Marianne, people never thought about doing stuff like that. They thought, well, I, I'm, I don't matter. You know, it's just me. I used to talk to uh, non-custodial dads. And for years, they thought, each guy thought it was only happening to him. Put them in a group and said, now, open your eyes and look around the room and listen to other people's story. And you'll see you are not in a bubble. You're not on an island by yourself. These things are affecting men and women across the board and who your adversary, your adversary is more so the way the family court system works and the divorce industry, which generates tens of billions of dollars. You'll start to understand why the family law section of the, of the bar association in your state is often opposed to legislation that would improve the situation. And become the most vocal opponents against reforming. Mm-hmm. I face that with paternity fraud legislation. I face that with, with lobbying for changes in child support reform. Um, mm-hmm. In my state, my state used to be a state that only calculated child support on the gross income of the non-custodial parent and did not consider any income the custodial parent made whatsoever. Imagine what that was like. Mm-hmm. when both parents made similar income or the custodial parent made more than you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, you know, I have seen like with these judge elections, mm-hmm. I have seen, you know, some people will stand out there with signs, do not vote for this judge. Mm-hmm. And there should be more people who have been affected by these poor decisions these judges made and they're not held accountable. And stand out there with signs saying, do not vote for this judge. Well, there's a reason that some people won't get involved. I'm going to tell you this thing called continuing jurisdiction. And you're familiar with your battles in the court. Uh, Typically, if your your family court case is in a certain state and a certain court, that court maintains jurisdiction on your case, which means unless that judge dies, gets reassigned, (laughs) gets promoted, moves on to something else. You, you could be stuck with that judge. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people don't do well in court because their attorney is afraid of the judge. Right, right. And will not look and will not aggressively advocate for the client's best interest because of fear of retaliation and retribution from the bench. Mm-hmm. Now, for people who are thinking that, man, if I just keep my head low and I don't make waves, I'll eventually get to see my kid after three to five years and not getting to see their kid, they find out that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. 
sad to say, mm -hmm. I know that everyone is not cut from the cloth like you and me who will become a voice, who will become an advocate, who will say, yeah, but it's wrong. I will speak up. I'm, if I can't, look, if I can't change it for me, maybe I can change it for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And if, if we move the needle a little bit every time we go up to bat, it'll be better for someone else. Look, look, I would want my kid to have to endure what I did. Right, right. Well, I thank you for coming on to the show. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, no. I just want to say thank you again, Marianne, for allowing me to be a repeat guest on Slam the Gavel. Um, I'm actually going to be launching my own uh, YouTube channel. Uh, I'll circle back to you when I get it launched. And I'd love to have you be a guest. So for people who'd like to connect with me, I would invite you to connect with me at thepaternitycoach.com. Thepaternitycoach.com will allow you to reach out to me, connect with me on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Instagram. And you would actually get the link to also to where my book is available on Amazon called Trapped by Law about mm -hmm. my experience battling a over a five-year period from the trial court to the United States Supreme Court or the Supreme Court of the United States, we refer to as SCOTUS. And, and I won, which I'm told is impossible. Mm -hmm. If you lose at the highest court in the land, you're not supposed to have any hope, not any help, shouldn't be possible. But yet I walked out of court on February 6, 2003, as a free man with a judge signed order vacating my child support order against me for paternity fraud. Mm -hmm. I walked out with no current payments, no future payments, mm -hmm. wiped out all of the debt, and I, they did not put me in jail or prison because... I use my voice to speak as an advocate for men, women, and children who are affected by paternity fraud. Imagine what you could do if you had a coach who could help you do similar things, who could help you in advising your, uh, if you were a pro per pro se litigant or you have legal counsel, uh, I have, have a little bit of experience at appellate, mm -hmm. at appellate court, um, preparing for trial, helping clients, also have over 10 years experience as a uh, legal DNA services marketer. Did that for multiple types of solving family mysteries, have helped children receive benefits when the other family member had been deceased, but was not legally established as the parent of the child. There are ways to solve a problem, but oftentimes you just need help. Mm -hmm. I might mm -hmm. be able to work with those people who reach out to me. We do require an application mm -hmm. um, and, and we offer, provide a, a complimentary consultation to see if we might work together. And the way you take that first step, you go to the paternitycoach.com. I'm Carnell Smith. Excellent. Excellent. Don't jump off. Slam the gavels a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again with Carnell and other guests in the future, and we will talk again, Carnell. All right.